Greetings, you groovy girls and guys and swinging hip cats. I'm Josh Bertoni, and joining me is... Sorry. I'll jump in here. I am the Jolly John Wilson. And I am daring Donovan Morgan Grant. And you wanted us to come together to talk about Marvel Silver Age again after, you know, the fun we had on Amazing Spider-Man Classics. Well, we're back with the most offbeat Marvel mag ever, Vietnam A Go Go. Uh, <laughs> this series, um, I heard about it for years, but uh, up until last Comic-Con, I was never able to, like, get a complete run. It ran from 1967, I think, to seventy to late 71, and it stars uh, Flash Thompson, you know, right after he left ASM and went to the Vietnam War, and Buzz Baxter uh, from Patsy Walker Comics fame, and General Thunderbolt Ross, or as Flash and Buzz call him, Uncle Thundy, you know, Thundy for Thunder, uh, affectionately, <laughs> much to his chagrin. And I was looking for this book for years. It's never really been reprinted aside from like a few obscure backups, you know, now and again. It's hard to find and i always wondered why until last year at comic-con i found a complete run and i read them it's because it's really really horrible and really really offensive like uh <laughs> like i was like okay i know why this has never been reprinted like <laughs> aside from shashan none of the original characters like ever appeared from here ever again and uh and like the events of this series are pretty much like not mentioned and i was hoping when flash became like venom that he might reunite with buzz baxter who was now a villain called mad dog like that would be cool but like rick remender when i asked him about it, he looked at me like he didn't know what i was talking about when i mentioned this book and so did colin bunn but if you ask anyone at marvel like um about this book they'll they'll act like they don't know what you're talking about uh, it's kind of like the trouble series but like with vietnam like, yeah. no one wants to admit that it existed. Why did we do this? It was a mistake. Yeah, John, what's your, like, um, history with this series before doing this podcast? Okay, so I had not heard of it. Now, I, I did not even know it existed until you mentioned it in passing. We were on the phone uh, last, was it last year? I think it was last year, yeah. And so you told me about it. And I immediately started looking online for, for scans and back issues. And, um, of course, at mycomicshop.com, they have the issues listed, but they're all sold out. Like, there are no issues available. But I just kept going back and checking every now and then on, on, um, on one Sunday. I went up there, and I guess they had gotten a few of them because I, I was able to get the first four issues for, like, $15, which I was I was pretty excited about. So uh, I did not have a complete run of the series. There's a lot of this that I haven't read, and I'm kind of going off of Josh's info about how things develop later on down the road. But this is pretty crazy, even for Silver Age Marvel. Vietnam a go-go is crazy. This is one of the stupidest books I've ever read um, I first heard about it when I was at Comic Con with you and you were like oh yes you and I'm a go-go and like you know I, I like to know I like to think that I know a lot about Marvel Comics history but of course I was schooled again I was like, I was like what is what is this Flash Thompson had a, his own wartime comic book why was it ever referenced in the pages of Amazing Spider-Man um, why wasn't you know, you know why wasn't he referenced uh, being in the war with Baxter uh, or Buzz Baxter during like you know the uh, Kate Leth uh, Bessie Walker comic book series 
Um, why wasn't the war more of a big deal if contemporary characters were kind of going, going through with it and not just Nick Fury? So, like, there was, there was a lot of reasons. Like, like what, okay, if this is actually in continuity from way back when, it's not just a century thing, then what's, what exactly is going on? And so I read some of it, and, like, I think I got, like, maybe three pages in before I was like, <sighs> okay, that makes sense. Um, it, it was, it was, it's, it's a baffling thing. And I, I love Marvel Comics 60s cheese, but it feels as though that there, there's like, I don't know, I, there's a weird sense of contempt within the series. I don't know if it's contempt for the war. I don't know if it's contempt for his own job. I don't know if it's contempt for the readers, but like, there is an incompetence to this, to this writing, um, which makes it a lot of fun, but also very bizarre because you have great stuff like the, you know, like the, like the Master Planner arc and like the, like the Green Goblin uh, Spider-Man stories and Captain America versus the Red Skull over the Cosmic Cube. Like, just real, you know, heart-pounding action. And with this, it's it's like... <sighs> I don't know, it was, it was like uh, Stan Lee was taking taking his frustrations out on any sort of, like, television sitcom that he, that he turned on at his television at the time. So, it's a very peculiar series and I enjoy it, but the best way I, I can possibly enjoy it, which is ironically... Yeah, that's another thing, too. Like, some of these stories, like, and people would point this out in letters pages, like, it was just Stan Lee literally copying the script from, like, what he would see on an episode of, like, any typical, like, network TV sitcom back then, and, like, changing the names. Because... Like Dobie Gillis and all that kind of stuff. I, I, I guess he was, like... I was going to say the many loves of Dobie Gillis, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess he was overworked, and which um, I later read um, in an issue of uh, Back Issue magazine, there's... um a column about this and um it says that president uh lyndon b johnson he was tired of like young people protesting the war and he knew that they all like marvel comics so he personally asked stan lee can you write a comic making quote unquote vietnam look cool because and... <laughs> he was like he wanted young people to see that like hey stop burning your draft cards and like protesting the war you know like america like make the vietnam one of the mandates was make the Vietnam War fun. Um, we'll, we'll get we'll get to that later on. <laughs> yeah, the Vietnam War was, you know, in real life. Spoiler alert: was anything but fun, and you know, uh, it's a national. Sh- but, it's legitimately like like an American yeah. shame. So, and that's one of the reasons why this was never reprinted. Like, and it, there's even people who argue that like because these each issue is like told in a framing sequence. Like, it begins with like. You know, Peter Parker, or Patsy Walker, or Harry, like somebody getting a letter from Flash or Buzz and like reading about their adventures each month. So, like, one fan theory is that like these stories are out of continuity because like it's just Flash and Buzz like boasting up, like, you know, in their letters, like their adventures and that, you know, and, and, and that they're lying and that they don't want their friends to know about the horror of Vietnam. But totally it matches with like Flash's appearances in, uh, Amazing Spider-Man yeah, Amazing at that Spider-Man time. where he just kind of, I reread yeah. I reread that issue and and he's like you know oh yeah good old President uh, you know Lyndon Johnson asked me for for uh, for advice but I thought he should handle it himself you know you went all hard on him did you old Flash boy you got it Harry and it's like yeah, there's an entire comic book series where he's exactly like that yeah it's like. Uh- I was, I was kind of hoping that I could go back after reading these issues, I could go back to those Spider-Mans and sort of get like a parallel lives effect where, oh, <laughs> this feels different now that I've read these other comics that reveal things later. But no, I mean, it's almost like, you know what it is? You know what it is? It's like Fantastic Four and Strange Tales. Fantastic Four completely freaking ignores Strange Tales even exists. 
and Amazing Spider-Man ignores this book. That's the thing with like, like a Johnny's Secret Identity. Being like yeah, Johnny's Secret Identity. Yeah. And the thing in the Beatles and, and many other. Well, and Tales to Astonish, which later became the Incredible Hulk. Like, General Ross, like, never mentions, like, the fact that he's, like, commuting to Vietnam on, like, weekends <laughs> and, and every other Tuesday. Like... And that's brought up in the letters pages of the first issue. Like, they give, like, a BS explanation that, like, you know, Reed Richards gave him a rocket that, like, takes you to Vietnam in minutes because he's a, you know, patriot. So, like, that's how, but, you know, like, he'd be, like, in a Hulk book, like, going to the hospital. But then, like, in Vietnam, like, go-go, he'd be, like, just fine, like, stomping on his hat, like, Tom Stur, Thompson and Baxter. He does it you know, so like, many times in my own comic. Like, the one that I read is it's, 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 it's unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, it... <laughs> Um, the art is done by Dan DiCarlo, who, like, you know, uh, does have a history with Marvel. He did merely the model in, like, the 50s, and or in the late 60s, early 70s, he came back to Marvel to do merely the model again. So this is, like, you know, him and Stan, you know, like, this is one of their many works together, so. <laughs> um, any more thoughts before we get into issue one? I can't believe we're dedicating the rest of our lives to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All 57 issues and the annual, which um, uh, Patsy Walker and Buzz Baxter do get married in it. So, like, this book did have consequences because when we see them again in Amazing Adventures after this book is canceled, like, they're still married, but, you know, they get divorced. But <laughs> um, it's, it's, it's kind of weird that, like, that little bit of continuity does actually carry over. Um, yeah, I, I, I've had a few crazy uh, ideas in my life about podcasts, but this one. This is going to take the cake. Which order well, are we going in? Um, one, two, and three. Uh, so I do issue one, you do issue two, and John does issue three. Okay, okay gotcha. Yeah, um, and it's funny because we're almost picking up where we left off. Because like with classics, you know, uh, we ended um, with the Kingpin arc, and uh, which was issue 50. But our last released episode was around issue 47 with Craven the Hunter uh, before, you know, we came back into the lost episodes. And that's like around when this was right after issue 47 of asm uh, the first issue of vietnam a go-go was published so, it's only fitting um <laughs> i'm still not used to like the idea of like this this book like just why are they so happy <laughs> <laughs> because they're at war dude it's good time <laughs> vietnam's a swing in his time it out. Okay, movie. so my cover for issue one, um, you know, and Bill Walpole did a replica for it at me at Comic Con. It's a uh, letters Vietnam a go go, Flash Thompson and Buzz Baxter. Uh, and you see Flash and Buzz walking with, you know, Betty Ross, you know, in a swinging 60s outfit, and Flash says, Wowee, General Ross may be a dud. And Buzz finishes, but his daughter is a bona, bona fide bombshell. With General Ross looking very, very angry. And very, very and a helpless. Little, yeah, yeah, as if there's nothing he could do about it. With a little caption, um, in the a little splash like bubble in the corner saying, also in this issue, see the amazing Spider-Man swing into action. That's a bold-faced lie. Um which, which right, we'll like they just later. put Spider on the cover to help sell it, and then he never actually—not even a robot like in the Avengers issue. Well, no, no, he he does appear, but he doesn't <laughs> swing into action. <laughs> <laughs> they should have done the robot. I forgot about the robot. Right. Oh, God. Yeah. So we open up with a New York City skyline and the Amazing Spider-Man swinging through the air. Stan's narration, which I'll read in full here. There are many awesome sights when you look at the skyline of New York City, but no sights are as awesome as that of the Amazing Spider-Man. You know, not like 
Iron Man and Thor flying around there as well. Let's join our hero as he rushes to make an urgent, deadly appointment that his life depends on. That's also a bold-faced lie. Spider-Man says, I better hurry. I have in a moment of lose. I pray I'm not too late. And uh, so the, and the, the next page, you know, the narration says, what's this, Web Swingers? Where is the amazing Spider-Man off to in such a hurry? Spidey, and we see Spider-Man swinging towards the Silver Spoon as he says, The Silver Spoon! I've made it! Another moment and I would have been too late. He walks in as Peter Parker and is greeted by the ESU supporting cast, Harry Osborn, Gwen Stacy, who hasn't changed her hair for issue 48 yet, um, all drawn by Darren DeCarlo beautifully, and Mary Jane Watson. Aunt May and Aunt Anna are sitting in, in a booth in the background, and Harry's like, Peter! Well, it isn't Elizabeth Taylor. And Mary Jane says, who needs Elizabeth Taylor when you have me? And Gwen says, Mary Jane, don't you ever get tired? And Mary Jane says, listening to you would make any man tired, groovy Gwendy. (laughs) You're tiring, but you're still groovy. (laughs) It's like they're friends, but they hate each other. Well, and like, why Spider-Man in such like a hurt? Like, my life depends on this mission. He's just going to the coffee bean, you know, or not the the silver spoon. Like (laughs) This mission. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, my life depends on it. What's that in your hand, Pete? The latest birds record? It's a letter from our pal Flash. So uh, <laughs> that's the name of a spinoff, Our Pal Flash. <laughs> it's a letter from our pal Flash. That was the urgent mission that he has. I pray I'm not too late. That was why the cover says the Amazing Spider-Man swings into action. You know, a pack of lies. So the rest of the issue is, you know, told in Flash's letter and we get little narration boxes, you know, with Flash's handwriting. Dear puny Parker, if you thought the spoon was the swinginest joint, you wouldn't believe the ball I'm having in the army. Then we get a montage of Flash in boot camp and a drill sergeant, you know, who we later find out is General Ross saying, I've never seen anyone run so fast. Yet in the panel, Flash is not running. He's doing push-ups. And another Joel Sargent says, he'd better be fast if we're going to beat those Viet Cong movies. I've met some groovy people. None of them are squares like you, Puny Parker. There's Guy Mailman. He's a real man's man. And then we get, you know, a, a panel of Flash and a bunch of guys, like, running to, like, a lake, which, you know, all army bases have. Hey, God, a bunch of us are going swimming. Want to come? Because there's time for that during, you know, boot camp. And Guy says, I can't, or I'm going to stay behind and practice my maneuvers. What are maneuvers? And General Ross in the background says, with dedication like that, Guy will go far. And we get a little thought balloon revealing Guy's secret. I can't go swimming with the guys, for if I did, they discover my secret. That I, Guy Mailman, am just a woman in disguise. It's not proper for a woman to bathe in mixed company. I joined the army to prove to my brothers that I'm just as good as they are. I pray I wasn't making a stupid female mistake. Because so, women, am I right? Yeah, women. Yeah, this was one of the running jokes of the book that, like, guy, mailman. And mailman spelled, like, the word male, M-A-L-E. Um, and they didn't guess that wasn't <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure she took a real long time to come up with that one. Um, you know... <laughs> there's always you know scenarios where like flash and buzz and general ross almost unmask her but like she always you know manages to get out with her secret gender intact and so flash continues right and there's gary he's a real wacky character he is the nickname gary grenade not sure why general ross says now gary make sure all these weapons are in order as he's like you know lugging around a box of grenades and gary says you got it boss and does the little salute thing which causes him to drop the box 
and everything explodes comically and Ross yells Gary and he's just like covered in like black like uh, smoke kind of like he's Pigpen from Charlie Brown but he's okay he hasn't lost any limbs um, Flash continues to narrate to narrate uh, boot camp in the letter and he's meeting another soldier as they're getting ready to fly back to Vietnam because at this point in Marvel continuity Buzz has already been to Vietnam they dealt with that in Patsy Walker there was even a weird PTSD arc where like Patsy didn't take it seriously so none were as swinging or cool uh, none were as swingy or cool as a hip cat I met named Buzz Baxter he has a thing for redheads so tell Mary Jane to watch out and you have General Ross um, saying to them, Buzz Baxter meet Flash Thompson, and they're shaking hands as if this was like the Jetsons meet the Flintstones, as if the <laughs> important. Yeah, but damn, but dude. <laughs> so as they're I just getting... love bringing people together. Yeah. So the next panel is them getting on the plane, and Buzz says, "I can't wait to go back to Vietnam, Flash. You'll love it." And Flash says, "You seen it, Buzz? <laughs> no." Sunshine and gorgeous babes. <laughs> what? what, what? <laughs> Stanley presents. Because you demanded it. Sexy Vietnam. <laughs> the leader of our camp is General Thunderbolt Ross. He may have a mighty war, but deep down, he's a softy who just adores Buzz and I. We call him Thundy for short, or sometimes Uncle Thundy. If you go to the army and you do that to your superior officer, they will kick you in the balls. <laughs> <laughs> and as Flash is like narrating this in his letter thing, we get like a series of panels of Flash and Buzz inadvertently ticking General Ross off. Like, and one they're eating a sandwich, and like the like uh, wrapping of the sandwich says like General Ross on it, and he's yelling, "My sandwich!" And then in another one where like Flash and Buzz are holding a cake and they trip and it falls in his face, and he yells, "Thompson Baxter!" And then another one where he's saying, "Now, boys, this ancient Ming vase was a gift from President Johnson." Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, all right. All right. I'm, I'm sorry to keep on interrupting you. I apologize, but like, <laughs> no, go for it. Because I'm seeing the artwork, and it's like you know. You know, Archie, Danny Dart, Dan Carla, House Style. And I've seen him do other stuff. But it's just... This is supposed to be placed in the same universe where Thompson and Lady loses his legs and... Becomes right. Venom. I mean, you, <laughs> an you, alcohol you think when they read the stuff with Venom and him losing his legs that nobody thought, oh, remember that Gary Grenade guy? And, like, all the times in Flash could have lost his legs, like, 75 times in Vietnam. Maybe when he was face deep in the cage, he, his legs also <laughs> get cut off. <laughs> So this ancient Ming vase was a gift for President Johnson. Make sure nothing happens to it. And they're both holding the vase. And they say, you got it, Uncle Thundy. But when they say that, they do the salute thing, like Gary Grenade did. And it causes them to drop the vase. And it breaks. And General Ross yells, boys? But, like, they're not the Three Stooges. Why are they holding vases and stuff? I don't know. So I also met a far-out girl named Shashan. She lives in a hidden jungle mystic temple. And we get, like, a panel of them, like, kissing in sunset as a log. Um, so the, like, story proper begins, you know, um, you have a panel of, um, General Ross and his daughter Betty is there because, you know, that's where you take your young daughter to a war zone. And, uh, he tells the readers and us, because I guess they didn't have this discussion before. He says, now, Betty, don't forget why I brought you here. A beautiful girl like you will help motivate and bring morale to these weakling cadets. Besides, Vietnam is the best place to go to forget about your troubles. 
and his and he continues his thoughts in a thought balloon saying and hopefully one of these soldiers will help you take your mind off that blasted banner what i wouldn't give for my betty to marry a military man instead well, betty, you know, he, 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 he will be happy to know in the future she does yeah for like uh, yeah yeah glenn talbot who's already appeared but like you know betty won't give him the time of day so Betty is moping about, like, how she misses Bruce Banner, and she's worried about stuff going on in Tales to Astonish with him and Hulk, and Flash and Buzz can't help but notice her. Flash says, gosh, Buzz, maybe I've been out in the sun too long, but I think I see a groovy babe. And Buzz says, if your eyes are playing trick, then mine are doing the same game, and I hope they never get better. So the boys go to confront Betty, and as they do, they don't see that Shashan is walking by unseen. And she says, Flash was supposed to meet me by the beach. He was probably goofing off with Buzz again and lost track of time. But my silly female intuition makes me think something is up. And they see Flash and Buzz, like, comforting Betty, like, making her feel better about, like, missing Bruce. And Shashan misinterprets it and says, the nerve of that common master. Well, if he thinks Shashan is going to take this lane down... He has another thing coming, and the Stanley's captions, which is weird because, like, wait, is Stanley narrating the story or is Flash's letter? I don't know, but it says, deep in the heart of the jungle, Shashan returns to her mystic temple and takes out a book as old as time. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My ancestors kept these books of ancient Vietnam hexes. I'll make Flash regret spurning the heart of Shashan. And then she, like waves her hands and like does some incantation and says the next person who betty ross kisses will think they're a chicken later at base general ross asks (laughs) (laughs) you you have to describe it i can see it you have to describe it (laughs) (laughs) okay later at base general ross asks betty if she's getting along with any of the soldiers and betty says as a matter of fact eddie i was really feeling down earlier but two of the nicest boys put a smile on my face that's nice dear their names were buzz and flash and like general ross's face like turns bright red and his eyes goes big but he says thompson and baxter and faints later he awakes he begs betty to stay away from them they're he, all the stuff they're not right in the head and Gary Grenade and Guy Mailman, they're like behind the tent overhearing this conversation. So they so they hear that and they leave. Betty contemplates in her thought balloons, so Dad hates Buzz and Flash. If I make a grand play for them in front of Daddy, then he'll be sure to think twice about my affections for Dr. Banner. So she gives her dad a kiss on the cheek and says, Okay, Daddy, you're the boss. And she leaves. General Ross's eyes start to glaze and he makes the sound cluck. Later in the barracks... We, <laughs> later in the barracks, we get Buzz, Flash, Gary Grenade, and Guy Mailman all talking, and Buzz says, General Ross may be a dud, but Flash says, but his daughter Betty is a real bombshell. And as they're saying that, like, as if on cue, Gary's cleaning his, like, weapons box, and a, another grenade explodes. And none of the guys, like, react to this or say, are you okay? It doesn't interrupt the flow of this conversation. It just, like, keeps on going. So Gary says, what about you, Guy? What kind of girl do you like? And Guy says, well, um... And Buzz says, I bet old guy has a thousand girlfriends back home. And Guy says, I think objectifying women is wrong. And Flash says, good old guy, always with a laugh. (laughs) (laughs) And Guy says, speaking of laughs, I'd watch out for Betty, guys. And Gary continues, she's Thunderbolt Ross's daughter. And Guy says, he warned you to stay away from, he warned her to stay away from you, too. And Buzz says, you're putting us on, old Uncle Thundy loves us. 
yeah, Flash says, we're like the sons he never had. And Gary says, yeah, but you may want to stay away from Betty or, or old Uncle Thundy will get cross at you. And he'll make us clean the cabin with toothbrushes again. And we'll have to cancel our Jungle Go-Go party this Saturday. For God's sake! <laughs> Isn't there a war going on? <laughs> there's so many, there's so many like, planned activities you know, with the idea that they'll be surviving. <laughs> Guy says... Besides, don't both of you already have girlfriends? And Buzz says, yeah, but it's not like we're engaged. And Gary says, I thought you were engaged, Buzz. And Buzz says, ah, shut up. Flash says, but we wouldn't want the Jungle Go-Go to be canceled. So the boys all agree that if they see General Ross, they won't make it. They won't be around Betty. They'll just hang out with her when General Ross is unlucky. Meanwhile, a helicopter lands, and from it comes a guy named Admiral Jones, who's apparently inspecting the base, and he says out loud to nobody for no reason, I can't wait to see how General Ross is doing with these troops. Oh, there he is now. And General Ross runs by on his hind legs, flapping his arms and clucking like a chicken. And Admiral Jones screams, General Ross, what's the meaning of this? (laughs) Meanwhile, Buzz and Flash are hanging out by a tank, dancing to a transistor radio. And Betty's walking by and she says, there's Buzz and Flash. Daddy will be here five years later. So this is a good time to get cozy with them. So he accidentally sees us. So she goes, yoo-hoo, boys. And Flash says, there's Betty. Buzz says, remember, once Uncle Thundy comes, we have to ditch the girl. And Betty says, I dig this groovy music. Anyone need a go-go girl? And Buzz says, you know it, doll. And similar to, like, Amazing Spider-Man issue, like, 47, we get, like, a few images of, like, Betty go-go dancing as, like, Buzz and Flash are, like, clapping in the background. You know, like all Vietnam War bases have. (laughs) General Ross begins to, like, cluck by, and Buzz and Flash yell jeepers and take a blanket from the tank and throw it over Betty's head (laughs) as Ross continues on. And Buzz says, you think old Uncle Thundy saw us, Flash? And Flash said, he didn't seem to notice Betty, did he, Buzz? And Betty, like, takes the blanket off and says, what's the big idea? And Buzz says, it's a new dance called the Blanket Cover. Flash says, all the cool cats in Vietnam are doing it. Betty is miffed but wonders, I need to get them to catch me with Dad. So the next few pages are just variations of, like, this. You know, Admiral Jones is chasing Ross. Thompson and Baxter run from Betty as Betty uh, runs from General Ross because they don't want him to see him with Betty and Betty runs after them. It almost becomes a Scooby-Doo chase. And finally, like when um, the Thompson and Baxter, Betty and General Ross all run up in the same, all wind up in the same place together. Betty makes her play. She says, Daddy, I love them and there's nothing you could do. And General Ross just says, cluck. Buzz says, we've done it this time, Flash. Uncle Thundy's so mad that he snapped his brain and gone full chicken. Flash says, he's going to scramble our eggs. And Ross just says, cluck again. And she says, no. Betty says, there's something wrong with him. He really thinks he's a chicken. And Flash says, if there's one person who will know what to do, it's my best gal, Shashan. She's smart about this type of stuff. And the next panel is all of them, like, talking to Shashan in the jungle. And she says, and she's, like, already finishing her story. And she says, so you see, I was just being a, de- a jealous female. I'm so sorry. I'm so foolish. And Flash says, ah, oh, babe, you can make it up to me by accompanying me to the Jungle Go-Go this Saturday. <laughs> Sean says, you mean it? And Buzz says, Flash always means a doll, except for chores. What the fuck does this- <laughs> that make sense? Buzz slash his man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> so, so Shashan changes General Ross back, you know, 
And um, and she says, I better go. He can't see me here since I'm Vietnamese. What? Uh, he'll want me to reveal my hidden temple's location. So yeah. she gets out of there as Ross comes to. And he's asking the guys what the meaning of this is. And then, um, <laughs> and then Admiral Jones gets there and he's like, Ross, why were you acting like a chicken? And Buzz and Flash saved the day by, by saying, oh, that was just his maneuver. He likes to always do unpredictable things to keep us troops on our toes, you know, for when the Viet Commies attack. And Jones says, Ross, I was mistaken. I came here to relieve you of duty and return you to the States, but you've got these guys on their toes with unpredictable maneuvers. I hereby station you to Vietnam permanently. You can commute back and forth from America. And Flash holds up his hands in there and says, Hooray! That means Uncle Thundy gets to stay with us. And Buzz says, Groovy, I can't wait to have fun with him all the time. And General Ross is just stiff and says, Stay here in Vietnam with Thompson and Baxter, I, I. And Flash says, Gosh, Buzz, he's so touched, he's speechless. And Buzz says, What a guy. And, um, that, and <laughs> that's the end of the letter. And it cuts back to the Silver Spoon. And Aunt May says, Wow, Peter, what a fair pout letter. And Gwen Stacy says, I think she means far out. And Harry Osborne says, Keep grooving with us, Aunt May, and we'll make a swinger out of you yet. And Mary Jane says, That Vietnam sounds like the swinginest place. And Peter says, I can't wait to see what kind of adventures Flash and Buzz write to us about next month. Now, I'm, Peter, I'm a going back to the front page here. Was Aunt May even in the first scene? You see her and Aunt Anna in the background, but, like, they don't interact with Peter or have any, like... Oh, there they are. They're in the, the corner of that, that second panel. Okay, I see it. Yeah, it's... <laughs> I mentioned that real briefly in, like, the beginning recap but yeah like they don't talk or do anything when like peter comes in on his very urgent mission with the letter like so do you want to do the letters pages first or talk about the story oh we can let, we, 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 uh, i'll let you decide I'm, I'm i'm anxious for both i'll do the letters page so scott from little rock asks if anyone like daredevil or namer will show okay so i, I should mention Obviously, this issue didn't have letters because this is issue one. The book isn't out yet. So I'm reading the letters that people wrote about issue one, which were published in issue four. So the what, what people wrote about this book issue was uh, Scott from Little Rock asks if anyone like Daredevil or Namor will show up in the book. And Stanley replies, Vietnam is an ocean away in Southeast Asia. It would be very contrived for the boys to constantly have guest stars stopping by. Besides, Flash and Buzz have big enough or big enough swingers to party on their own. So Stan says this, but by the end of the first year of the title, all every single member of the Avengers, the Fantastic Four, and the X Men had all stopped by at some point. <laughs> it, it's so. crazy because I mean, General Ross can commute, right? So isn't that like built into the concept? But I guess he just wasn't thinking it through. <laughs> Stanley not thinking through Paris. Uh, Timothy from Austin says, I'm 18 years old and was afraid of finding my draft notice in the mail every day. Now that I've read your title, I think Vietnam is the swinginest place. Instead of waiting for the draft, I went down to my local recruiter and signed up. I ship out in two weeks. I can't wait to party like Flash and Buzz. <laughs> um, <laughs> Did we ever hear from him again? I checked his for him on Facebook and... Um, I do see a profile, but um, I guess he hasn't had a good life because um, in his Facebook profile picture, he like 
only has one hand, so I guess he had like a motorcycle accident or something later in life that like got him maimed or something. Yeah, I'm sure it wasn't, you know, anything to do with the war in question. <laughs> oh god, I hope not. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> but yay, just what President Johnson wanted, they kids to join him. <laughs> <laughs> he wanted their, their write their letter the comic book letter writing hands to be blown off. Alan from Utica says, how can General Ross and Betty be in Vietnam when they're currently involved in other adventures over in Tales to Astonish? To which Stan replies, don't forget, Reed Richards is a patriot who served in World War II. He donated a taxicab variant of the pogo plane to General Ross. It gets him from America to Vietnam in minutes. It's almost like a taxi. Think of him as a commuter. That's BS, but <laughs> that's what we're going with. And that's, and that's how it's going to stay. Andy from it's one of those things that I don't. Did they ever even show it on the page, or is it just like a background element? Like, I don't, I don't, I never saw it in any of the comics. He's just like there, as if he's always there. It's as if like Stan like forgot that like, oh yeah, I'm also writing another book where he's doing stuff, and it doesn't. Well, it's make weird because like DC would do this too. You have things like Superboy and Supergirl both appearing in Legion stories and Superboy shouldn't know that Supergirl exists. So in the letters pages, oh. they would mention, oh yeah, well Superboy gets amnesia every time he goes back to the present. That way he doesn't know about Supergirl. They like induce him to forget. Is that true? So I guess every time he goes back to the future, he has to re-remember that he has a cousin of the future. I don't know. That, this that, never shows up in the comic. Really? Kind of like how every time Stanley yeah. writes this comic, he also gets amnesia. <laughs> oh yeah, he does. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we'll get into that. Annie from Fort Thomas writes, This comic is a travesty. The Vietnam War is a horrible time and not a party. You should be ashamed of yourselves. To which Dan replies, Looks like someone may secretly be a Viet Commie. <laughs> I'm just I'm sure the, the administration was sl- slapping him on the back for that. <laughs> Paul from Sacramento writes, I'm serving over in Southeast Asia, and I gotta say, your mags are the most realistic depiction of army life we've ever seen. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> the guys in the barracks and I can't get enough of Vietnam go-go. Excelsior. Um, Eddie D'Angelini once told us that Stan would make up letters. Uh, well, about- do, we th- do we think that this is one of the made-up ones? <laughs> Well, I mean, like, let's 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 guess. Do they have their commanding officers believe that they're clucking chickens? Do they have their commanding officers' daughters visit the place and you have this like sexy threesome? Do they have do they have like parties and like the go-go dances and like the Vietnam women legitimately have like like magical shaman? Te- like, if this isn't a fake letter, then I will leap out the window with arms spread. Well, they might think you're a chicken, dog, so watch out. Uh, <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh, so, before we move on to issue two, what are your any thoughts or comments on issue one? Uh, here's a question Has there ever been a more propagandic Marvel comic book ever in publication? Besides, like, one more day. <laughs> like, 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 in terms of, like, like a, a straight up political agenda. Have they ever done anything? Because, I mean, I guess Captain America technically when it was timely, but uh, this is the most, like, insidious thing they could ever put into children's hands. Because, obviously, war is hell, but they're completely missing... I mean, they, they, wrote, they wrote war comics, for God's sake. Like, like uh, is this the reason why Jack Kirby, like, left? Because he was disgusted, disgusted that, like, <laughs> Stanley, who also served in the war, thought this was a good idea. <laughs> 
Well, I don't know, because, I mean, Jack Kirby also did Sergeant Fury, and, and that book can get kind of silly sometimes. Not the travesty level we've got going on here, but it got silly, so I don't, I don't know. Yeah, they're always talking about the Viet Commies, but, like, I've yet to see them actually fight them. It's just, like, you know, preparing for the big dance or party or, like, rock concerts or, you know, like, romantic misunderstandings and, like, two dates and one night stuff that you see on, like, you know, Laverne and Shirley. There's a little bit of that in the next issue, but, like, it's never explicitly shown. And it can always be excused as, you know, oh, they're, they're just kidding I, 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 this is a really hard to take because, like, because, you know, not, not only is this a galling account of what happened during the Vietnam War, but even as a Marvel comic book, I mean, Flash Thompson was always a, he was always a silly character. Uh, especially, I mean, I mean, back in this time, he definitely was. But it's like, the hijinks are, like, over, it's, it's filled to the brim with, like, you know, just like, 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 like sneaky, Things and uh, I mean, this, this is terrible. And you can tell from the first issue that they're just throwing stuff at the wall to see what sticks. I mean, they have so many ideas going on here, lots of characters, lots of gimmick characters, and you know, some of them stick around at least for the issues that I've read. Um, I remember you said that like Gary Grenade has like some major drama later on, like. The last grenade of Gary, or something like that, or Gary's last grenade. I forget the name of the story you said, but um, I haven't read that one yet, so I don't know exactly what happens to him. Yeah, well, you would think that it was because like he dies or something like that, but like no, he like he swears off grenades forever because he's just no good at them, and like he tries his hands at a bunch of other weapons and like you know like slingshots, but then he like keeps on hitting himself in the eye like you know tanks but he accidentally like runs over general ross's foot but for some reason like general ross is fine like if, if a tank runs over your foot you'd break it and he realizes that like even though he they always explode like he, the the troops at vietnam agogo need him and his grenade you know clumsiness to like help them get out of like situations i guess but uh marvel did later drop the character though because like they finally listen to the letter saying this is really offensive like people will like lose arms and legs so he he, he was just never mentioned again <laughs> good Gary Grenade uh yeah I like I like the um the obvious woman man character but like I mean <laughs> I, I mean I mean depending on how, how long or how, how often this stuff pops up we might have to do like a sexism count <laughs> because oh my gosh there's so much sexism in this like it's <laughs> i hope this wasn't a silly female idea that's like every other page like shashan betty um back then women weren't allowed in the military so i don't i don't, I don't understand they were but it was like support roles or something but well, like well, they, they, they wouldn't be like in situations where like quote-unquote female like, like like intuition whatever would like foul things up so it's, it's like they they wrote Stan wrote women in there just to make that up that, that sex observation. That's one thing that always bothers me when like Stanley talks about the Silver Age. He talks about how forward thinking he was for adding Sue Storm to the Fantastic Four. Like that's right. Oh God, the girl, the girlfriend, the girlfriend was like you know a, was one of the heroes instead of you know staying at home and fainting. But like all Sue does in those early issues is like faint and cry and like nothing. <laughs> yeah, I. 
before I read a lot of Silver Age DC, I was, you know, Marvel was always like, oh, they use female characters and this and that and those. The females over at DC, I mean, are still not that developed, but they're they're professionals. I mean, so they I have, have jobs and careers. They, they have lives in addition to being the love interest. Well, I mean, also, like, like uh, how long was Sue out of commission because she was pregnant? Like, how many issues? That was a year between the pregnancy being announced and then having the baby. Yeah. But then she also she was- left the team to take care of the baby. Yeah, and then Crystal joined. And Johnny was like, you can't be on the team. You're a girl. And he's like, so Sue. Are you freaking oh, yeah. kidding <laughs> The Fantastic Men. <laughs> it, which is weird because, like, yeah, at one point, like, the Inhumans do stop by this book and, like... <sighs> they don't have any impact on the war whatsoever. Like, the war just doesn't end, when, you know, because... Well, I mean, I, I guess if every Marvel character, X-Men, Fantasy Four, or an Avenger show up, and they don't do anything. Because that's always the thing with comics. Like, why, if Superman's so great, why doesn't he just, you know, end all war on the planet? But here, it's, it's like we invite that idea explicitly. Is- is there anything. a war going on, or are they like just because like they're mostly doing quote unquote maneuvers and drills? Like, like I never actually like like. And sometimes there was there would be like a villain, like because like for some reason this comic had a rogues gallery, like but like of like no nothing guys, but like the villains had like dick all to do with the war. It was like oh no, you know, like we've awakened this like you know witch from like a thousand years sleep and like she's casting a spell that like all rock music sounds like you know jazz you know we must like undo the spell in time for the big party on sunday it's like an episode like, of the herculoids always... or something <laughs> yeah it was like the plot of like footloose you know but like, 30 years. <laughs> 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 like... i mean i mean again yeah, like, like 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 in in the issue how much well it's referenced like you know they referenced the war but it's never shown on screen and it, you know it's never like again it's, not, it's they're not caring so uh, do, do we have any more thoughts on issue one before Don covers issue two? No, I mean, it's it's a crazy start for the series, but I I don't really have anything else to say about it. It's one of the shittiest okay. things I've ever read. <laughs> Mainly because it is the Vietnam War. You know, if this was like you know magical fairyland Marvel comics war, it's one thing. But like, you know, like, like you get Peter Parker, like, oh gosh, Flash is in a war that you know that like nobody wants or whatever. Stop, stop your whining, Peter. Like, like, <laughs> yeah, and over in this book, he's like, I can't wait to see the swinging adventures that Flash writes me about next month. Like, it's, like they all, they all have a very, very like, like misbegotten idea of what war is. But that's 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 obviously that's that's, that's yeah. Better I mean, shown than said. even the issue where Galactus showed up, the stakes weren't even that high. <sighs> that that sentence is that sentence is so harmful. <laughs> Hi, I'm John Wilson. And I'm Michael Kaiser. And we're the hosts of the podcast, Make Ours Marvel. You know, here we are in 2018, 10 years into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah, can you believe we live in a world where everyone's old Aunt Petunia knows who Iron Man is? It's crazy, right? So, to celebrate, we're on our mission to explore the roots of the Marvel Universe. You know you've thought about it. Some of you may have even done it. And now we're going to do it, too. We're diving back into the long boxes of Marvel's history and podcasting our way through the whole universe. All of it. Every superhero issue. And, if I can convince Mike, we'll even do Sergeant Fury. And it's not going to be one issue per episode. That'd take forever. <laughs> it's still going to take forever. But no, we're going to talk about as many comics as we can in an hour. Yep. 
an hour and, you know, maybe a little change every week. Marvel Comics. So it'd be super cool if you came along for the ride. Look for us every Friday at MakeOursMarvel.com. That's MakeOursMarvel.com. Or on iTunes and all the other usual podcasty places. And if you want to read along with us and send us your thoughts, we might even read emails. So until Avengers Infinity War gets a spin-off Warlock and the Infinity Watch TV show, Make Ours Marvel. Now back to the show. On Nick. Okay. Uh, Vietnam Go-Go issue 2? Yeah, yeah, let's do it. Okay. Vietnam uh, Go-Go number 2. Uh, on the cover, uh, which I'll describe, we have uh, Flash and Buzz and two uh, uniformed secretary girls on the skating rink. But Flash and Buzz are <laughs> Flash and Buzz are slipping and sliding, and you know it's your, your it's your average like Stan DiCarlo like like silly boy artwork. Did um, he just like draw over an old Archie cover? Well, yeah, yeah I, that's that's what I thought too, especially with, with like Flash's orange hair. Like like the the, the Carlo artwork is, is like. You know the girls are, are are skating by while Flash and Buzz are are like it's like they put on skates and they got on the skating rink and like they all started like whoa and like they have their like uniforms on but like they also have like you know like mittens and like in like their caps and stuff. Vietnam is not a snowy climate, Stanley. <laughs> so like so like one of the women says, "Is it the predictable or is it the unpredictable Asian jungle weather just lovely?" And Buzz says, the, 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 "That's easy for you to say." And if I wasn't done with the cover yet, Ross is off to the side, dressed as a general, but he has like this like you know Christmas scarf on, saying, "Typical." I give Baxter and Thompson a simple assignment like this, and they still manage to slip up. And slip up is like in bold. <laughs> <laughs> so the the caption reads, "This ish, the dazzling secret of Buzz's kid sister." So um, that that'll start us off for the coverage. <laughs> Simple assignment, like what assignment to go skating, like. Well, and, and again, like, 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 because because of the lettering, there's like you know, kind of like like Vietnam jungle bushes and stuff. But like, otherwise, you would think that they were like you know in New York. So it's just like, and, and, and like again, why, why why is Ross there? <laughs> why would he? Whatever. <laughs> um. So we open up the comic book, and the first thing we see is an ad is is an ad for buy, buying war bonds. Um, it's it's a ghoulish image of Hubert Humphrey, Robert Kennedy, and President Lyndon Johnson smiling and saying "Buy war bonds" in 1969, as though it's an ad, or 1967, as though it's an ad for an ice cream bar. And more on that later. We'll get into that in the letters pages. Um, so we open up to like the title page, and this reminds me. I mean, sometimes Marvel did this, and sometimes Marvel didn't. I know that DC did this a lot. It's a kind of t- a title page that's separate from the. The sort of like the narrative, like where the story really begins, where we, see, where we get the credits. So we have the secret, the secret of Buzz's kid sister, written by Sergeant Stan Lee, pencils by decorated Dan DiCarlo, inks by General Jim Mooney, and letters by Armistice Artie Semek. In parentheses, he'd been demoted. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so the uh, we see um, we see Buzz Baxter show. Uh, we see a, 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 in the foreground there's a shadowy feminine figure. And we see Buzz Baxter show uh, show off this this shadowy figure to Flash, the secretaries um, that, we, that are on the, on the cover page, and General Ross. And in the background are several unnamed Corbin. And um, in the upper upper left hand corner, we see the narration box where Flash is writing another letter. So we're assuming that that uh, Peter and the game are reading this, as is the narrative of everything. So he writes, "Dear gang, 
It's me, your heroic, ever-loving Flasheroo. I'm writing for the 45th time in a row because I just had to tell you about the whacked-out, totally crazy weekend we just had at the Vietnam War. And, like, there's in between Vietnam and war, there's the word camp, but it's crossed out. <laughs> so they <hear> this. <laughs> Hello, mother. Hello, mother. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hearing Camp Grenada. Season's greetings. <laughs> Here I am at Camp Vietnam. <laughs> that's gotta be the. That's gotta be the, the theme season. It was one of the wildest, most far-out battles ever. But don't worry, with Buzzy Baxter at my side, I showed everyone who's boss. So hang on to your hats and swallow your milkshakes. I'm about to let you all in on, and this is all in big bold letters again, the secret of Buzz's kid sister, with like three exclamation points. And in, uh, in the image we, I mentioned where uh, Buzz is showing everybody in the in the military his uh, uh, with sister, he says, Gang, I'd like you to meet my kid sister, in all exclamation points. Um, Flash has hearts in his eyes and his tongue is wagging out like he's a dog. Hubba hubba! And then, like, one of these secretaries says, We're all familiar with this. One of the secretaries says, She looks like a screen star! And the other one says, That's who Buzzy's been hiding all this time? Our shy studious Buzzy? Like, like the sleazy Buzzy from the last issue? <laughs> Stanley can't even resist ripping himself off. That's like the, the third, third time he's done this, right? Yeah, that's the third time because that was also in an issue of, uh, Patsy Walker, where like they cross over with Linda Carter's team nurse, they had that same line too. <laughs> so, um, so, so while while everyone's kind of like you know gasping at this shadowy kid sister, we have Ross yet again stomping on his on his hat, saying, "Just perfect. The Viet Cong will have a field day." All caps. With us after after the men take one look at this blonde beauty, as though he's helpless to do anything. Like, like why is he there? <laughs> like, is that promotion. All right, so. Uh, okay, so uh, we open up with an image of the office of he- you know the military U.S. American military headquarters in the, in the middle of the Vietnam jungle with the abbreviation HQ on top of the uh, basically a sign on top, of, on top of the building, not headquarters or not like you know any sort of official name, just HQ as that's you know it's kind of a happening place. So Flash Thompson, ba- we, we see Buzz Baxter and Flash Thompson walk in casually. They're all dusty and kind of messed up and you know, kind of dirt covered. As though they were doing something important, so they casually toss off their like uh, their army caps on top of a hat stand, like it's the Connery era of James Bond. And uh, we see the secretaries. One of them's named Cindy, the other one's named Janice. Then they're like giggling, and we hear uh, right outside. And this is this takes place over this entire scene. While they while all this is going on, we we see like this sort of like flash photography light coming through to let us know that like the war is actually happening right now. So why are they in the building? <laughs> and we, and we, we see like, like the lettering. It's it's like uh, everyone like is like shouting to be heard. It's like bang, good morning, Miss Money Cindy. Flash says, blam. Buzz says, fine day, Miss Janice Penny. Blam. And then the girls like hee 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 hee. Shape up, sergeants. Yeah, 007, You two ain't. Bong. What is bong? Did someone just bam a gigantic like? Never mind. Uh, and then so Flash is like, oh, lighten up, ladies. We're just funning around. And Buzz says, yeah, babes. Just got word that old Pickle Puss Ross wants us to see us in his quarters. P-R-O-N-T-O. Just, just say Toronto. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Why time. can't he just spell it? <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Secretary Jan's like, not looking like that, he doesn't. The chief always wants his soldiers looking their best. Buzz says, but he just called us in over the intercom while we were in the middle of taking enemy, fi- enemy fire. It's not our fault the VCs don't operate on the same class schedule. 
and so Flash responds, Chin up, buzzy old boy. I'm sure Ross will make an exception for his two favorite men in the company. Although, if you two beauties are willing to scrub us down, I certainly won't eject. So after that, you know, moment of harassment, like, they both say at the same time, Inside! Inside! March! So like they point to, like, you know, Ross's door, but, like, you know, they're smiling because they can't help their feminine instincts. And also, you know, before they leave, they hear, blam! You know, and the, and the lights go, and the lights start to kind of flutter, you know, because war. So they go inside to see General Ross, who's facing the window. Like, 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 like he's, he's watching this war go on, as though it's, like, you know, a daily exercise that he takes pride in. So, um, Ra- uh, Thompson and Baxter both say at the same time, Sergeant Thompson and Baxter reporting, sir. Uh, Ross says, I know it's you two, you bubbling barracks heads. I'm the one who called you in over the intercom to take you out of combat. <laughs> <laughs> As if it's like the school cafeteria, like Buster, and Pat, please report to like the office <laughs> in the middle of like while we're in the trench. <laughs> Bush says, "Gosh, Chief, what could be so important to take us out of combat?" Uh, Ross says, "That Baxter is precisely what I'd like to know." The, you know, and the fellas. <laughs> I wrote here. The fellows, looking as though someone just called them fatuous, respond, HUH? In all caps. So, um, Uncle Fundy says, Just got a word from West- Westmoreland. We're sponsoring a Hollywood celebrity to, for- to perform for the troops this weekend. And they specifically want you two scrubs to escort her around the base until her big night. So, Flash says, Hold on, Uncle, Uncle, Thund- Un- Uncle Fundy. Her, you say? With her in, in italics. Well then, you've got nothing to worry about. The Flash Man's the perfect soldier in arms to show her how we do things here in the ancient jungles of Vietnam. Ancient jungles. <laughs> uh, but like he has a th- he has a you know kind of a fluffy thought bubble that says, and if I play my cards right, my studly army know how will get her in my arms by over a hundred hours. Ross slams his fist on the table <laughs> as though he can uh, almost as though he could like hear his thoughts. Blast you, Thompson! That's exactly the kind of show off and I'm worried about. But there's nothing I can do to convince the top brass. It specifically insisted on you. Why did the top brass pick them? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> there's nothing I can do to convince the top brass. They specifically insisted on you and Baxter. Orders are orders. Buzz says, Fear not, oh fearless one. I'll make sure Thompson behaves while we show the lady around. Uh, Ross says, it's, It'd be fine with just one of you, but when the two of you get into fixes with that nut, you know, with, with each nutty bunk mate of yours, there's no end of mishaps that go on here. By the way, Baxter, you have a letter from home. And then he says, Dismissed? And I'm like, shouldn't there be like a letter service and not, you know, why, why, why is he getting his own mail? Whatever. So, um, they, they leave. Like a mail call or something. Like, they're all sitting there eating a mail. And- yeah, yeah. It, it, it's, like, it's, it's like the owls in Harry Potter. I'm like, yeah. wasn't Stanley in the army? Like, shouldn't he know this? <laughs> well, I guess, I guess for a comic writer, it's much more convenient to get the, move, the story going. I don't know. But no, seriously, like, like, why is General Ross behind some punk's mail from home? But, like, um, as they leave HQ, again, HQ and not headquarters, um, Flash says, Boy, it'll be, as they walk back to, like, you know, the action <laughs> at a very easy, brisk pace, Boy, oh boy, a genuine Hollywood celebrity. That, that phrase is said again and again and again. What Why do you have to say Hollywood celebrity? Like, just say celebrity. I know. <laughs> the redundancy. Who do you think it'll be, Buzz? Or sorry, boy, oh boy, a genuine Hollywood celebrity. Who do you think it'll be, Buzz, old boy? Elk Sommer? Shamila Tagore? Tuesday Weld? Charlotte Rampling? And Buzz, uh, but but as he's saying this, Buzz is like, you know, mulling over his letter he's got. And then he he slaps his forehead, uh, Reggie Mantle style, and says, oh, no! And then Flash is like, what's the matter, soldier? It's my kid sister, Sandy. She says she's coming down to visit this weekend. <laughs> 
<laughs> and wants to stay with me the whole time. <laughs> of all the right luck, of all the funky jams. Um, Flash. Uh, so the next panel shows Flash wearing a shark's grin and says, "Sister, eh? Gee, that's too bad, Sergeant. Real tough luck, but you gotta. There's no getting around it." Family is family, and if there's one thing we've learned here in our two years of overseas defending our country, it's that family comes first, especially sisters. So, um, so the, 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 I should have mentioned that the dialogue was going on for the listeners while they were grabbing their rifles and heading back to like the, the gigantic letter explosions. Um, <laughs> With nary a thought in the world. <laughs> Buzz says, oh, come off it, Sergeant Faker. You just want the hot celebrity all to yourself. Flash says, I shall not tell a lie, but can you blame me? The brass wanted the best, and the best is what I'll give her. Wow. Um, so later that afternoon, when the Viet Cong have gone for the day, and the, and the military has finished their lunch... They clock out. <laughs> we see, we see um, everyone gathering around to a, to a plane... I don't know how to describe, but you know, it's, it's it's not like a, a commercial airline. It's, it's kind of like a very kind of small, uh, kind of like uh, vacationing plane. And so everyone's gathered around as a plane kind of makes a stop uh, to deliver a very special passenger. Buzz thinks, a whole weekend with Sandy, black. She's fun and all, but man, she could be a real pain. I practically enlisted just to get away from her, but I never told Patsy and the girls that. But Flash thinks, wait till Petey Parker and the girls get a load of me locked in arms with a genuine Hollywood celebrity. <laughs> He'll probably flip his test tubes, and Groovy, Gwendy, and Mary Jane will be absolutely over the moon. This is shaped up to be the best war ever. <laughs> Continue next page. <laughs> no, marry a thought for Harry Osborn. <laughs> well, yeah, uh, it says continue over the next page, like the old ones do, and then it's, there's an ad saying, sure, I want to fight communism, but how? With truth dollars, that's how. Fight communism with the truth dollars. Support Radio Free Europe. Okay. Wow. <laughs> so, um... So Danny Carlo has a very, you know, very classic style. So not all of his uh, real people are immediately recognizable. Also, I wasn't born in 1967, so I'm not sure exactly who this person is. But it turns out that um, as the starlet walks down the, the runway, surrounded by um, movie businessmen and producers and all that, uh, we see Flash uh, respond, Well, we! It's Sandra D. I don't believe it! Gidget herself! But Buzz slaps his forehead and says, Oh no, it's Sandy, who's the big celebrity visiting. Talk about double indemnity. That's not what that phrase means. So Flash says, Huh? Sandy? Uh, General. So so as that's happening, General Walsh walks up to uh, Sandra D and says, Miss D, let me be the first to welcome you to our humble wartime establishment. Humble wartime establishment. And he's being all stern and stuff, but he, like, he, the coloring shows that he's kind of blushing. The Viet Cong are rushing right now from the thumping we gave them this morning. You missed all the action, courtesy of my leadership, of course. Sandra, celebrity Sandra D says, "Of course, General. I can't wait to perform uh, for all of you this weekend, especially Buzzy." Everyone reacts, "Buzzy!" Sandra D runs up and gives Buzz Baxter a walloping big hug. Big hug. I'm so glad to see you're right, big brother. No way. Flash says, "No way. It can't be true. It isn't true. I don't want it to be true." And um, as this as as the first part of the story ends, we see the lettering continue. Before Flash writes, "It was true. Buzz Baxter's secret long lost sister was famous actress Sandra Sandra Day, or Sandra D. I couldn't believe my ever loving eyes. Want to know how my Herculean hormones helped my pal get through the weekend of embarrassment? Find out next month, heroes. Why can't he continue? <laughs> he ran out of paper. <laughs> the pen ran out of." 
<laughs> so so like for some reason issue two of, of Vietnam and Gogo is, is like half half of this story and half of like backup stories and reprints from I don't know uh, the Amazing Fantasy. So like uh, that was the first part of the story which was continued never. But um <laughs> that was that was yeah, that was that was that, that was like spectacular Spider Man like issue two's like thing like next month the T V monster or something. Yeah. Um but that was that was uh Buzz Baxter's kid sister, which I'm sure was referenced again and again and again, and that was it was really real life actress Sandra D. Um, I don't I don't want to mention um, some of the, some of the letters are kind of kind of the same, but I don't want to mention the one letter because this actually has a gigantic kind of content with, with Marvel Comics. Remember the ad that said um, they were uh, promoting war bonds and they had Robert Kennedy, Senator Robert Kennedy, and Vice President Hump, uh, Hubert Humphrey and President Lyndon Johnson yeah, on the inside front cover. Yeah, 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 yeah. The whole you know the kind of cheeky smile thing. Um, they got you know. However, Johnson wanted this comic to be published in the first place. They got in a big trouble later on because I think by this time the war, the opinion of the war was starting to turn, and Johnson was like was becoming much more of an anti-war guy. And Robert Kennedy really, really was an anti-war guy. So even though this comic was ordered to be made, uh, at you know, bringing about ads where they are promoting war bonds, kind of. They didn't really appreciate that, um, and when Stanley tried to say, you know, I, th- I thought this was your, your idea, they, uh, the book was threatened with cancellation. So apparently, years later, when Stan was approached by the um, the Department of Education to do that kind of anti-drug story with Harry Osborn, it was that was basically to get him off of like uh, Joe McCarthy's like, kind of suspect list because he's on there for a long time. Because he, he made a big mess about this comic book and how he was just following orders and how you know they should shape up and not put the president's image on, you know, paraphernalia. So that was basically to kind of, you know, cool off the uh, the crap that hit the fan from this issue and this ad that he specifically commissioned Dan DiCarlo to draw. Um, so I thought that was, that was pretty interesting. But uh, yeah, do we have any comments on Buzz Baxter's kid sister? It was pretty great. Uh, I, I, I was kind of surprised I never got a Sophia Loren reference because I know that Stan had a big crush on her. Um, but... <laughs> And, and Sandra D being a thing is is just hilarious. Um, happily, there were no egregious references to M- Mystic Temples, but, but <laughs> that one caption when the commies have gone home for the day. <laughs> <laughs> That's how war works. Everyone knows that the war has like a nine to five schedule. <laughs> uh, I just, I just. I, I, th- I think my, my favorite bit is like like, like you, you know we were called we were called over the intercom in the middle of wartime. <laughs> what, what, if, what if they were shot in the back? <laughs> Why are they here now? Oh, they're dead, sir. <laughs> <laughs> well, and having read like classic Patsy Walker stories, like Buzz never mentioned having like a movie star for a sister. Like that would have been a plot point at any various like. <laughs> I thought so. It's like never mentioned. Like it, it's like Stan wrote himself into the corner, and that too. When it's like, oh, a famous Hollywood like celebrity, like Buzz, like never told his best pal Flash, like, oh, by the way, my sister's a movie star, and it's like, oh, she's so annoying. I just I joined the war to get away from her. Does Stanley forgot the, his own ending for the story? Because if he joined the war to get away from her, wouldn't she have already been in Hollywood making movies? Like, <laughs> wouldn't Ross tell him that like your sister, who I know is actress Sandra D, because of you signing up for the war? Like, wouldn't we? Wouldn't, wouldn't they know about about that? Because, because Sandra D, as I as I researched, was like famous in like the late fifties. This is actually like, like the end of her career. <laughs> um, 
so like so like she'd be older than than Buzz. <laughs> Kid sister, my ass. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I never thought about that. <laughs> Neither did Stan, or, or maybe he expected the readers would. <laughs> but the guys just don't talk about their feelings and their past stories. That's how no one knew what was going on. I just, I mean, I mean, and like, and like, how come, how come the cover image was like nothing like, like, the, there's no, there's no ice skate, you know, mission. Um, but like, I mean, you know, the two uh, secretaries, Cindy and Janice, like, you know, that's that's one thing. But there's no mention of. I, I, like like Buzz and, and uh, Flash are flirting away, but we don't have any reference to uh, Shashan. You know, we, we have references to like you know the other characters from the original books, but it's like it's it's like they completely did a reboot on all of their like uh, supporting characters. Um, it, it, I don't know, you know, it, it's it's interesting how how much of sort of a knee jerk this is in terms of, like the other the other direction. It's almost as if you wrote like Amazing Spider-Man, Avengers, and like Tales to Astonish, and. Uh... And, and all these other books, and then he's like, "Okay, I'm done." Then he realized, like, "Oh crud! I still have to do an issue of Vietnam Go Go." So he like penciled this off, wrote half a story, and then it was like five o'clock. So you know, just like the Viet Commies do, <laughs> he like he like went home for the day and was like, "You know what? Just fill the rest with like reprints or something," and like left it with a cliffhanger that he forgot about, you know. But like, probably wasn't even sure how he was going to resolve it anyway, because like. This comes off as Stan was like making it up as he went along. <laughs> Would you believe? And just, uh, I, I just like am kind of disturbed by like, flashing behavior. Like you know, he scrubbed us down with my Herculean hormones. And like the fact that he's writing that to Peter, Harry, Gwen, and Mary Jane, as though they would think they would not think. <laughs> Why is he writing? Right? <laughs> Why does Flash say this? <laughs> this is a second issue, but he's apparently written them like forty-four more times. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Well, they said, like, we've been in this war for two years. Like, it's the second issue. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah. yeah this is, this is kind of one of me where, like, like, I find an enjoyment in, in a very ironic way because it's... It, I mean, like, like, the, uh, like, 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 the, like, the explosions outside the window when they're in, like, the secretary's office is a little horrifying. But, like, it kind of makes it even funnier because, like, you see them all kind of dirt up, dirted up, you know. It looks like they were, like, you know, playing in, outside. Yeah, suppose. it's like kids having a snowball fight or something. Like, like yeah. going in to get snacks from mom, you know, before they go back out. Like, for Nerf War. Uh, so, it's yeah. Nerf or nothing. <laughs> yeah, so this is... this is um, this is, and, and again, like, why is it a secret when she's been in a celebrity for ten years? How can... How can... If... What did Buzz Baxter say hi? You know, my name is... Grant, not that... Not that relatives of celebrities mentioned that they are relative celebrities the first thing they say but at the same time it's like oh no my kid sister she must be the one who's visiting me because if she's visiting me the same time that a Hollywood celebrity who for some reason Ross doesn't mention by name is visiting like wouldn't, wouldn't Ross with his security clearance like no in fact like when he gives Buzz the letter like wouldn't he see the return address ah oh, Sandra D like Hollywood California like <laughs> And again, it's like for some reason, like you know, uh, head, headquarters is headquarters knows who these guys are by issue two. Like I don't, I don't think that like President Johnson, in, as as written in the comic, was aware, was too aware of them. I don't know. It's it's, it's uh, hang on to your hats and swallow your milkshakes for a st- uh, you know. It's like when Peter and, and Harry read this and they were like, oh boy, what's gonna happen next? And I was never follow up. Like, hey, gang, you never believe this. This other. It's like, did we miss a letter? I, is there? Is there? <laughs> they probably thought that that last letter was too boring. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So, uh, 
<laughs> any, any final thoughts before we move on to... Holy Flash has the swinginess time. <laughs> Stupid ass. <laughs> what a lucky guy getting to go to Vietnam while I sit here and do school. <laughs> yeah, and eventually fall deep into drugs. <laughs> I'm seeing dancing girls in hidden temples and like psychedelic lights. Uh, yeah, so that so that was that was a uh, that was Vietnam a go go issue like issue one point five really because like like this is half of a story and the other half uh, the other half are like you know banned war ad war ads for war war bonds which were popular in the Viet- in World War Two as opposed to Vietnam right they didn't do war bonds then well, maybe they did but it's like they're trying to get them to make a comeback. But, like, nobody likes the war, so, like, why would people put money towards it? The most I know about war bonds is Batman and, Super- and Superman, like, like shucking them on on, a, on covers of comic books, where as, as they are, like, handing men guns and gunning down unseen enemies. <laughs> as Batman's holding a gapling. Gun, like, <laughs> no. In that one the world of They're all three riding on cannon barrels. Yeah, very foul. <laughs> Batman's against guns, except on except on Golden Age covers. Where, well, like... there's a one where like he, I think I think it's not in Vietnam, but like he's like in the middle of a swamp with a soldier, and he like swims up behind the soldier and says, like, "Here's a gun bought from like you know war bonds," and it's like, "Shut up." <laughs> Are you a mailman? <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure like the penguins like burning down Gotham City while you and Robin flew all the way over to Vietnam. Or, or where the hell? Are you a mailman? As as guy mailman's like mailman. Did somebody call me? I mean, I'm oh. a mailman. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, well. Happily, they come back in the next issue. So that's pretty cool. Excellent. Awesome. <laughs> so let's get into that next issue. <laughs> okay, so it's it's almost like the uh, writers' room just had like the same idea. They kind of recycled over and over again because um, there are definitely some tropes they used in this issue that were similar to the other two. Um, I love this cover. Uh, you have Buzz and Flash, and it looks like there's some sort of like um, it's almost like a high school dance, but like I don't know, there's like you know stuff hanging from the ceilings and like a banner in the background. But Flash is dancing with a girl that looks like Patsy, a redhead, and Buzz is dancing with a girl that looks like Gwen. And it says um, the crisscross romance you never saw coming, Patsy and Gwen. Um, so, you know, it's kind of a eye-catching cover, and you don't really know what's going to happen here. Um, but you open it up, and the title here is the uh, the coming of Patsy and Gwen. And for some reason, this was in parts. Like, I know some comics were doing parts at this time; it was kind of out of fashion. But this one's in parts. So, part one opens with Gary Grenade like running across the campus, shouting for Flash and Buzz. Hey, guys, did you hear the news? Um, and of course, Flash is narrating all this with his usual um, letter writing. Uh, and of course, Gary Grenade trips over nothing and falls, and his grenade explodes in his face. Um, we'll never hear that news again. Right. <laughs> he, and he's perfectly fine. He's next, next page, you heard the page, he's fine. Uh, he, I think he has another grenade in his hand. It's hard to tell from the art there. Um, Buzz and Flash are in the mess hall. And Gary tells them about General Fitch, who's coming to do an inspection because the last inspection went so well. Um, This time, though, he's bringing his two daughters. Uh, Of course, this book is full of male characters. We can all tell which two are going to be the dates for these two daughters because there are only two that we care about. And I love how, like, immediately Flash goes into, like, a mental reverie, starts inner monologuing about Gwen. Like, 
Shashan doesn't matter anymore, but for the convenience of the plot and for the gimmick of the joke here, he's going to reminisce about Gwen and how they were totally dating back in New York and how he misses her so much. Propaganda, I sell you. <laughs> and Buzz is thinking about Patsy, and they both swear never to betray that love, but somehow I don't believe them at all. Even though they tried to have um, sex with two secretaries last week. <laughs> right? <laughs> Screw up us But now they're true. Now they're true forever. When they feel like um, it. So, we cut to later. It looks like they're exercising. I don't know if Stan just forgot, like, which kinds of things are boot camp and which kinds of things are actual officer training. I don't know, because it looks like they're exercising. They have their packs on. They're running through the forest, and there's a sergeant up ahead of them. It says, maybe you know this, Josh, it says his name is Sergeant Duffy. Was that supposed to be an homage, or is this actually supposed to be the same guy from Captain America comics? (laughs) I think... Stan just like has names that he likes the sound of like Sergeant Duffy because like it's kind of like how Betsy Ross was like a character in the Captain America comics then Betty Ross was in Hulk like he just uses the same names like like how like every single teacher that Peter had was named Warren and then it was retcon they were brothers right is it is it, is it um oh, what did you just say uh like like uh I had a point. Can you can you repeat the point? Like the different the, teachers named Warren and Betsy Ross and Betty Ross. Yeah, is it Betsy, talking about? Is it Betsy Ross yeah, a ahead. real person? Yeah, the, she she uh, is credited with designing our flag. Although I think that's been yeah. apocryphal, but that's the but Betty story. Ross, right? Betty Ross, right? Is that is that like like from? A, well, but Captain America had like a girlfriend named Betsy Ross in the old like war comics. Oh, mm-hmm. that's that, that's that's true. She doesn't. I, mean, I know that like that. That's still hundreds of years after the original video, Betsy Ross. But like, huh. yeah, I see. I see. She's sort of, kind way, of maybe a little bit the basis of the later Peggy Carter character. <laughs> if you look at that page where they're like doing their like running hike thing, like for some reason, like Guy Mailman, he's holding the sides of his shirt as if he was like you know like a debutante, like lifting the dress so it wouldn't get hit by rocks. Yet he's wearing pants, but like. She just can't help herself, like to like run in a ladylike way. Well, you, because I mean, Stan has to remind us that it's a lady. Probably can't get like compression clothing or anything. So I imagine everything's like jugging around up there, and it's probably not comfortable. Yeah, you think I that, never but again, again that. You think these observant soldiers trained to you know use their instincts. But I mean, do we ever do we ever get an origin story for uh, a guy mailman? Like, like, is there ever like you know the secret? We get three <laughs> because they keep on forgetting. Oh yeah, we already like like because the backstory in issue one is um, you know, wanted to show her brothers that women can do anything that man can, and then like the other time it was because you know uh, her high school boyfriend was going to be drafted and she didn't want him to die because then they couldn't get married and make a quote-unquote happy home together. So she joined the army in his place. I, 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 you'd still have the same problem that, like, you would die and you still couldn't get married, but oh well. And then, like, the, th- the, the third one was, like, you know, she did it on a dare. <laughs> I don't know, you know, join the army because you dared. Wait, was it a double dog dare? Yeah, like, like, like the, the, these other girls were like, "Oh, come off it," you know, like uh, whatever her real name was. Like, I bet you that I, I bet you that you couldn't, you know, walk into the recruiting office and pretend to be a man. I can't be a know? coward. <laughs> yeah, she's <laughs> she'd lose her honor. <laughs> like, at least Mulan was trying to save her dad's life. <laughs> I, 
I think about Mulan a lot about this. You know, in terms of, terms of like, you know, well, girls and guys can't bathe together and all that kind of stuff. And it's like, there was so much dignity with Mulan. That, like, that it's just like, <laughs> and that was like the like gag. Every like two or three issues, it was always like she must find a way not to shower or bathe with like the other guys or like be in situations where she would have to remove her clothing. Like it, 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 it they just kept on going back to that. Well. <laughs> Horrible. So, so Sergeant Duffy gets a call on the radio, and uh, he tells our heroes uh, Buzz and Flash they need to report to General Ross when they get back. And, and Flash is like, "Oh no, what does Uncle Thundy want now?" And Sergeant Duffy, in order to expedite things, orders a double time, and so everyone else is kind of grumbling and looking at Flash and Buzz. And Buzz is like, "Hey guys, it's not our fault. Uncle Thundy loves us so much." <laughs> and um, so they kind of give a sheepish shrug and, and keep on running and. Uh, we get to Ross calling the boys into his office and we hear again that General Fitch is coming to inspect and Ross is nervous about this general's inspection. He wants Buzz and Flash to show the general's daughters around. He says, you know, I don't really have anyone here I can trust with them. I don't trust you anymore that I can throw you, but somebody's got to show these girls that how things work around here. Why are they always chosen to, 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 to escort women? <laughs> to, to, to pimp out women. Like, <laughs> has Ross learned nothing? <laughs> so, um, conveniently, and I don't know whose idea this was, I bet it wasn't Ross's, but his secretary has written down each of the girls' names and some of their interests so that the guys have to talk to them about. And so, um, here's the reveal. Ross hands each of the guys a card and Flash gets a card that says Gwen, and Buzz gets a card that says Patsy. So we go to part two, and General Fitch has arrived. He's like a super manly man. He's got like the, the punched out chest and everything. He looks younger than Ross, but seems to have more authority than him for some reason. It's never explained, because I think they're both generals. Yeah, they're both really generals. How, I don't know how the <laughs> army works. <laughs> Neither do I, Fertis. I don't understand, apparently, despite having, I don't know, served in it. So he starts bawling Ross out for the slipshot operation he's heard they've been running here. And it's all Ross can do not to cuss him up one side and down the other. Um, Fitch brings his daughters forward and the artist is pulling a Steve Ditko flower eating her face thing. Because for several panels, we can't see their faces. We get shoulders, we get hips, we get hats, we get other people's arms conveniently blocking the way. But we don't see these women's faces. Even though we already Um, saw their names. We saw their names, right? So Fitch asks Ross who's going to keep his daughter's company, and Ross picks up the phone to call for Buzz and Flash. Um, he And then um, Fitch mentions casually in passing, well, I hope these uh, my, my daughters have a good time and uh, make sure they have dates for the uh, dance tonight. And Ross is like, How dance? is there enough girls in guy ratio for there to be a dance at the <laughs> Right? Right, yeah. Like, well, are there like hundreds of people there because of, oh, I don't know, war? Like, so... So Ross has no idea what to do for a dance. He didn't have anything planned for a dance. So he puts the call into the guy mailman to make sure the last, you know, make sure the last touches are being put on tonight's dance decorations. And of course, there's some confusion. So for like four panels, Ross is trying to say in code, make a dance happen without like coming out and saying, I haven't planned for this dance. You need to make something happen. So um, after the phone call, uh, Guy walks away. We get her inner monologue. The general better count his lucky stars that I'm secretly a woman. Planning dances and parties is second nature to me. (laughs) Sexism count, what, four? Five. Sexism counter. Like the sexism counter is broken. <laughs> <laughs> so 
All that plays out, and Buzz and Flash finally arrive with the two generals, and this is where we get the reveal. With the boys' jaws hanging on the floor, General Fitch introduces his daughters, Patsy and Gwen. And wouldn't you know it, they look just like our Patsy and Gwen. Like, Gwen has the headband and everything. <laughs> no! <laughs> so Flash walks up to Gwen, and he's it's their confused. It's like, doubles. But, but what? Gwen! What are you doing here? I don't understand. We get like the one panel of everyone else's face in the room and they're all like totally confused why Flash is talking to Gwen this way. Um, Buzz is also confused, but for the same reason that Flash is confused. Um, turns out that the Gwen that Flash is talking to is not actually Gwen. That's Patsy. And the redhead's name is Gwen. And so Flash has to take out this girl that looks just like Patsy named Gwen. And it's Buzz another Gwen in the Marvel Universe. Just like Gwen named Patsy. So these are the shenanigans that we get to get up to while Vietnam is happening and are all around us. Um, so we go back to Guy Millman, and there are some shenanigans with her putting the party together with Brady Bobby, but I'm going to pass over some of this because, I mean, it's just more sexism jokes. Um, and... <laughs> Okay, so we see Flash and Buzz trying to talk to their uh, their dates like, as they're walking around, but they see, keep secretly like looking at the other gal because, you know, Flash likes Gwen, but he's walking with this girl that looks like Patsy, and, and Buzz likes Patsy. But she's named Gwen because like Gwen. fuck my brain. <laughs> Say what? But she's named Gwen because fuck my brain. Right, right. So anyways... Um, they, uh, they walk around, they have some conversations. It doesn't really go well. There's this one part where where Flash accidentally trips over a log and and, and Gwen like catches him accidentally and they almost look like they're gonna kiss, but it's kind of kind of goes by quickly. Um, and we get to the dance and Which is weird because they were indoors, like and all of a sudden there's a log there. Yeah. So I don't know who furnishes these places. So um we get to the dance and General Fitch is there and he's looking around and he's really confused. He likes the, like, he, as he walks with Ross, he's like, you know, this looks all real nice. Um, and he compliments Ross, you know, like, I thought you were running you know, a shambles over here, but looks like you actually got your men in shape. Um, but he looks around the dance and there are no other women. It's just a bunch of guys standing around <laughs> holding punch cups. Whoops. As it should be. <laughs> the only women are his two daughters. And everyone's kind of looking at them funny, like like all the guys are looking at the two women in the room. So yeah, Fitch is looking at him and says that there aren't any women around. He started to realize that this is not good for his daughters. Then suddenly, like, the door opens and um, this beautiful black woman, of course she's colored gray because it's 1960s Marvel coloring, walks in and everyone, like, turns to look at her and she's like, Hi everyone, I'm Guy Millman's cousin. And um, how the hell did you get here? <laughs> right, <laughs> overseas, gal, female man. <laughs> so she just grabs a guy and starts dancing. Um, <laughs> it's great. And so there are so ah. many like like men in there that it, it actually looked like an army troop and not you know the cast of you know the high school scenes from Happy Days. <laughs> <laughs> so before Fitch can uh, bring things to a close and go and pick up his daughters, um, Flash and Buzz are telling their dates that they remind them a lot about girls from home. And the weird thing is, is that like Fitch gets his daughters and they leave. And as they're walking away from 
uh, Flash and Buzz, they look over their shoulders and give them like a big old wink. And I don't know how the heck that's supposed to work. Cause it's like, it seems to be implying that this actually is Patsy and Gwen and they're pulling something over on the guys. But how does that work if they're like a general's daughters? How is that and, joke? And sisters with sense? different hair color. Right? I don't know. And that's the end of the issue. It was, it was a shorter story because they, they filled it up with back. Yeah. <laughs> this should be me incredibly mad, but it doesn't. <laughs> Like, we're three for three now with people just visiting Vietnam. It's a happening place to go, Don. Yeah, because, like, Foggy Nelson shows up in issue four. (laughs) (laughs) And then, like, we we got, like, a Namor and Doctor Doom-like team up in issue five. Like, it's really weird. Well, that that, that almost makes sense because Doctor Doom is, like, you know, a dictator and Namor slims. So, like, I, I could almost buy that. But why is, you know... You know, attorney yeah, at law, except like he... Doctor Doom had amnesia, and like Flash and Buzz like made him their butler. It's like, oh, you're our <laughs> best friend and servant. <laughs> <laughs> that was in no time disrespecting everything that was Marvel Comics. It, it was just crazy because Sabirner takes Doctor Doom home with him. It's still amnesia to be his butler, and that's where the issue ends. Yeah, the next time you see Doctor Doom in Fantastic Four, like. He's back to, like, curse that blasted Richards and, like, plans. Like, he doesn't remember his time in Vietnam. And, like, when a letter writer asked about that, Stan said, well, amnesia, of course. (laughs) Oh, my God. So, so, uh, any thoughts on issue three? (laughs) I love how this series is is just going, like, it's a war comic, but with, it's it's a romance comic, like, like, a Trojan horse, essentially. Well, it's, it's like these are, like, Maybe Stan Lee wrote a high school comic or something where, like, General Ross was the principal and Flash and Buzz were two students. And, like, he never got to do that. So he just, like, re- when he was asked to do Vietnam a go-go, like, maybe he just, like, took those stories and, like, changed the name principal to general. And, like, that was it. Like, <laughs> But Flash was already in school. He was attending college. I, I, I don't know. I'm just, like, guessing. Like... <laughs> And the whole, like, are the girl, like, the wink at the end, like, yeah, what does that mean? Like, why would Gwen and Patsy, like, decide to go to Vietnam and, like, pose as two general fathers if that's what we're supposed to take from it? Like, because <laughs> you can bet that was asked about in the letters pages, and Stan was just, like, coy the whole time, like, saying, if you believe, then make it so Excelsior. Like, what is <laughs> it's one like, of the like, most aggressively lazy kid that comic was. Yeah. <laughs> and who? And why do people keep on taking these girls to Vietnam? Like, Bed, Bed, Betty Ross in issue one, and then like um, Sandra D in issue two, and then like, like this is a war. Hollywood zone. celebrity Sandra D. Holly, Holly, yeah, not celebrity. Hollywood celebrity. <laughs> okay, Buzz's kid sister, who has a decade on him at the very least. <laughs> you know, funny. I genuinely like, 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 even though I knew, I, I had to look up who Sandra D was. I never thought, wait a minute, why is she his kid sister? Like, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> the secret of his kid sister, because it's a secret that she's a celebrity. It's, it's less that, of a like, secret and more of like a, a severe lack in memory and like attention. 
Maybe she got rejuvenated in the issue of Jimmy Olsen like Crypto. Um, so at the end of John's issue, when they're at the dance, like, look at the band. It looks like a cross between, like, the Archies, but, like, they're wearing Josie and the Pussycat furs for some reason. You know, like, like, but they're, like, guys. Sugar, dun 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 <laughs> Like, oh, honey, honey. just a bunch of guys in, like, leopard outfits and, like, afros and, like, 60s glasses. You just say that like it's a bad thing. <laughs> Maybe they didn't want to get... Well, it is... But it's, like, wouldn't Dan DiCarlo... I don't know. It's just like Dan DiCarlo like winking at himself. Well, I mean, like, like not only that, but like, like the army. I mean, yes, there are a lot of young men there, but like, it is full of like all kinds of men. So you're gonna have like middle-aged guys and married guys and guys who probably have girlfriends back there. It's not going to be like you know tenth grade where you just. <laughs> I don't understand what they were thinking. Like, like let's, let's have a dance. Let's have a sock hop in the in the middle of Saigon. It's just. <laughs> that was the title of issue nine, Saigon Sopop. <laughs> I should have kept my mouth shut. But let, let me see if I can like pull that cover out. It's like uh, like Saigon Sopop, and then it says at the bottom, "Would you believe Magneto and Kazar?" <laughs> yes, because I've read, I've read issues one through three. <laughs> <laughs> the miracles of magnetism, don't you know? Oh. <laughs> yeah, Magneto must like you know stop this Vietnam dance for some reason, oh. like <laughs> to prove that Homo state superiors are like better. What I love about this is just it's just like <sighs> it's almost like it makes fun of the Marvel reader to, for paying attention. Like, why is Gwen, you know, here? Why is Patsy here? Yield? But they're not Gwen and Patsy. They're Patsy and Gwen. And it's just like... And what, what, what self-respecting general would, would, would bring his daughters to wartime... Co- general Ross, according to issue one, because, like, Vietnam's the perfect place to forget about your trouble. But he didn't want Betty Ross to, to hang out with, with Banner because he was dangerous and also, like, a wimp or some, some, some crap. But, like... <laughs> Depending on what year it is, yeah. Because like, I, I think they know he's the Hulk at this point. Yeah, that didn't take too long to happen. I think you're right. Yeah, because because Rick Jones outs him when they think he's dead. This is an aggressively terrible comic, but like these are so much fun to talk about. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. And uh, hey, so join us next podcast where we'll be covering issues uh, four, five, and six, and all of the wacky, you know, like groovy, you know, like Vietnamese adventures this side of Southeast Asia. I'm doing I'm I'm doing like the dance where like you know you do the whole like you know scuba down shimming. <laughs> any other any any other thoughts before I like uh, close it? Uh, no, I I, I was just being vamping. Okay, all right. <laughs> all right. See you next time, you groovy cats and hip cool guys. <laughs> Dismissed. Excelsior. Thompson, Baxter, April Fools. Yo. What's up? That's a hell of a image. That's what? Lily says hi too. Say hi, Lily. Hi, Lily. Hi, Lily. Hello. She teenage she can't hear y'all, but you can hear. I can't hear. Anything. She is sixteen years old. I am. I'm old. Yes, you're so old. I think I was sixteen when I first started podcasting. 
Excuse, excuse me while I, like, contemplate the fact that I'm 32. Oh, okay. That was like, it was enough. Like, I guess it was on something like that. It was, it was Can you hear her, Donovan? She, she's putting you down. She was 11 when she started. Yeah. Uh, there. That was eight years ago. It's because her daughter but was anyways. Wilson. I mean, her, her father was John Wilson. I say was. Yes, her daughter was like John Wilson. She gave me a right. gigantic laugh when you when you posted that image of like you guys texting saying, hey, "I'm starting a new podcast." And she's like, "I'm not mad, just disappointed." <laughs> I laughed my ass off. <laughs> I listened to a lot of the Avengers podcasts, and there's so many moments where she's like, "Dad, why are you the way that you are?" Well, you know, I raised her to hate me and, and fear me. Good The Johnson administration getting involved in this. Oh, shoot. Okay, our stories might not jive because in my story, President Johnson, <laughs> he asked Stanley to make this book because, like, so the kids will think that the Vietnam War is cool and stop protesting it. Oh, that's a. We could go ahead, but that, that, that is a gigantic continuity with mine. A gigantic. He can change his mind. He can well, change his mind. Well, 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 I mean, like, I mean, honestly, I'm not, I'm not saying we should change anything, but like, I will say that, like, like there is a, there is a hard right in terms of like, like which President Johnson we're playing with here. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but I, I say we still go for it because it'll be funny. Yeah, I'm, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I can play with I can't Johnson. Wait for this. I'm good. I can't wait for this. <laughs> I, I'm looking forward to this. Uh, pause for a second. John needs to do something with the power cable. Okay. <laughs> just, just, just in case he misses something relevant, you know. But <laughs> well done. Whoa. Oh my god. <laughs> I had fun with this. Isn't it fun to like write like Marvel Silver Age? Like, it's also shockingly easy. <laughs> uh, oh, somebody said before. I think it was a writer that like if you're gonna try to imitate old school Stanley. Just make sure that nobody's nobody ends anything in the end of period. If things are an exclamation point, that's precisely what I did. This oh. is a perfect time for John to do his power cable thing because I'm uh, I got a text work back. Oh, sorry. How mean my part? Oh, you, oh, you, were you with your computer away from the, the line? Yeah, I just I thought I had battery, but I didn't have enough battery, so I had to go get the cable. No worries. Okay, are, are you back? Yeah. Okay. Oh, right. by the way, before we get back into it, what podcast is this going to show up on? Gotham Chronicle. Okay. <laughs> For some fucking reason. <laughs> uh, I'll just have to start over. So, if the classic speed is still active, you can stick it on there too. I, I I know that it wasn't paid, but yeah, I wrote them to see if they could reactivate it, and they never wrote back to me, so I need to write them again. Okay. Or and if, by the way, this like, is where I'm making stuff up off the cuff because I haven't written any of this down. Feel free to feel free to pat out. <laughs> you, you are doing great though. If, if, if you need it, uh, okay. Back. Uh, <laughs> you you guys do Marvel Silver Age dialogue so well. We've had so much practice years ago. Um, but I, as they're leaving, um, just before he gets, can there, I can I make a plot suggestion? Yeah. To help the guy, the girl ratio guy mailman changes into his like girl form and says, "Oh, I'm guy mailman's cousin or something." So, <laughs> <laughs> okay, do you want to back up? I can girl, re- reduce. Woman, girl. 
<laughs> uh, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll do it all in editing, but yeah, like okay. that, that seems like an opportunity for like something like like <laughs> to help save the dance. She she becomes a third girl. <laughs> now I've been in. I don't know why, but I've been picturing Guy Mailman as a as a as a person of color. Um, I don't know why this is. So should I describe <laughs> her as such? Should I describe the you know? Why the, the hell not? If she's black, black, she'll be colored gray, like they all were back then. Okay, so um, April Fools. Oh yeah, there's that. <laughs> I forgot this wasn't real. <laughs> it's real in my heart. Sometimes I live too long. <laughs> Can I just say, you guys do fucking great Marvel Silver Age dialogue. <laughs> it was a blast. I, honestly, like, um, if I was off today, I would have, I, I would have, that, that, that whole thing would have been like three times as long. <laughs> oh, man. That was, that was a lot of fun. Yeah, I, I had a lot of fun writing mine. My problem was, like, I was never sure, like, how the end did or like get it too involved i was just like i knew that shashama had to cast a spell on somebody and i knew that there had to be like a chase or a romantic misunderstanding and like up until like an hour before we recorded i wasn't sure what the spell would be <laughs> i knew that shashama had to cast a spell on somebody that's where you started <laughs> of course <laughs> well i mean i i what i did was i looked up uh sitcom cliches and I looked up who was famous in 1960 <laughs> except, except for Charlotte Rampling I don't know who any of these other women were <laughs> and, I, and then like I, I just looked like I just looked like my creative juices fly <laughs> well and I really loved writing like the ESU gang and like the framing sequence like <laughs> complete with like all this like like Aunt May trying to be cool as she would back then and then like we'll make a swinging cat of you yet Aunt May you know like for some reason have you shown John uh the cover by Bill Walker. I, I think I texted him very. Early. Yeah, yeah, I've, I've seen him with the lockup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I and actually, like, I felt very handicapped by having Betty in my story. That I was like, I have to keep in the continuity of like Bill Walker's thing. But I was like, how the fuck? <laughs> Not me. There ain't no ice skating in my story. <laughs> <laughs> I want Bill Walker to do the ice skating cover. <laughs> I mean, honestly, me too. And, and I did that. That was on purpose. Like, I, like I, I knew that, like, because there's so many comics where, like, there's a Nazi quarter cover, but you have the title on the cover to, ju- to justify the comic. <laughs> yeah, like, General Ross, like, holding his head, like, grr. <laughs> These guys managed to slip up this assignment uh, or, like, skate up. Or, like, I feel that, like, we could have, like, easily done. I mean, like, not, not obviously, like, you know, we, we're here, but, like, I feel that, like, because of, like, all the shit we talked about in classes, we could have easily created a fake Spider-Man issue from, like, the Silver Age. <laughs> we almost did, like, yeah, like, in fact, didn't we do that on a regular basis, like, on a, like, hiring, like, Ned Leeds to, like, marry Betty <laughs> We had an entire background continuity going on with that book. Yeah. <laughs> there was, like, the secret untold tales. Uh, <laughs> no, honestly, I, I, yeah, our continuity should have been the continuity. It's my headcanon. 
Well, there's so much disturbing stuff that, like, that, like, yeah, like Harry Osborn, like, you know, world's greatest wimp, and, um, just, I, I, I just, I just, and then, like, then, like, yeah, that, that bipolar nature of Gwen Stacy, and just Betty just being, like, 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 every bit, of, every bit as dirty as she is in the comic. I very nearly included Betty in, like, my framing sequence, oh. but I decided not to. Well, like, it, it was gonna be, like, her and Ned would have, would have also been at the Silver Spoon. And, and I and I did Silver Spoon because the coffee bean wasn't prominent until like a little after this. But I was like, I was gonna have Betty like say the Ned, "How come you never take me anywhere romantic like Vietnam?" But I was like, <laughs> I, Jesus. <laughs> and then I and then I would have done the Betty voice because like I never do the Betty voice anymore. Like I don't even know if I remember how to do it properly. Be like, how come you never take me there anywhere romantic <laughs> like Vietnam, Ned? But I was. Like, I didn't want it to be too much Spider-Man and too much Spider-Man characters, like because it would just like crowd the thing. I was like, okay, yeah, but my mention of, of like Penny Parker and, and like the girls and stuff that yeah. was that was very last minute. I was like, oh, I, should I mention them? Does it matter? I just wanted to mention Flash and Gwen dating. <laughs> yeah, that felt, that I felt like I a dig. That, I caught that. <laughs> I said, this is an agenda, damn it. <laughs> it's all political. <laughs> <laughs> I caught that. I love. <laughs> but, but yeah, I was like, uh, Betty and Ned being there is a little too. And honestly, like if it was a real like Marvel Silver Age comic, it would just be like Peter, Harry, Flash, and like Peter, Harry, and the girls, and like Aunt May and Aunt Donna. Like Betty and Ned would like not be at the Silver Spoon. And it's like at that point, there's like six characters, you know, like there. So, well, I feel that like um, the idea of writing somebody as the opening narration for the comic. That, that, I know a comic book has actually done that, like a Silver Age comic too, and I'm wondering if it was a war comic or, or no, 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 it was romance comics. The, the Dear Diary, and like you know, like you know, yeah. you know, my heart that couldn't stand it or something like that. Patsy Walker comics would do that too in like the 50s. Like Patsy would be like, here, here's like for like she'd introduce other romance stories. She's like, here's a true story that like a fan wrote to me happened to them, and of course it was just like a BS Stanley story. This penthouse letters. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I was I was totally gonna have like uh, like like Johnson do something. Then I then I looked it up and like then like yes in the late sixties Johnson in in you were very anti-war. Like, okay, I'll, I'll just have Stanley get in trouble. <laughs> I thought about having like uh, Lyndon Johnson be the guy to like show up that General Ross is trying to impress, but I was like, eh, it's been done. Like <laughs> I'll just make it a random no-name general, like. <laughs> I suppose we're a random 1969 president. <laughs> but but I, I I I did have him like you know like donate a meme bot. Like for some reason there's a meme bot. That's that like... cracked me up. Like why would you bring a valuable treasure to war? <laughs> and telling Baxter and Thompson to like hold it. Like I swear to God, because like you know I know we, we've talked about Betty and all that kind of stuff. You really should. I mean, there has to be some sort of essay as to like Flash Thompson's insidiously flippant attitude towards the war because. I feel like unless people listen to classics, they're not going to get that. Like, we're not making fun of the war; we're making fun of that that characterization, <laughs> that character. Well, like in in the Patsy Walker books, like there, there is an arc right before, like, because at this point Patsy was already canceled. But like, there's an arc like in the last like year of the book where Buzz like briefly comes back for like he's back in Vietnam by the end of the arc, but he's home from Vietnam like briefly because he was wounded in the war and he has PTSD and Patsy can't figure out what the fuck is going on. Like, she's like, why is Buzz being so mean to me? Did something happen over in Vietnam? Did he meet another girl? I can't stand it. Like, and he's like, no, like, Vietnam is fucking scary place. <laughs> and he has, I'm a he shell has of to go a, back, right? 
yeah, he has to go back. He's like, it's a fucking shell of a place. <laughs> it does things to you, Patsy. Oh, Buzz, why haven't you commented on my new hairdo? Like, Buzz is treating Vietnam like it's serious, but Stanley and Patsy, like, are not. Like, Patsy's like, I can't figure out why Buzz has changed so much. Like, what's what's happened to him? Like, hmm, what could it be? Like, it's not the rollicking jungle he, he, he was told it would be. He was shot down in an airplane and, like, presumed dead. I forgot about that. Like... <laughs> Was that before, before Vietnam ago or, or after? Before Vietnam ago. Like, I mean, he was found alive, like, by, by the end of it. Like, I was going to have, I, I was actually going to have him and Flash be in boot camp together. Like, but then I remembered, like, ha- like halfway through my recap, oh, fuck, that's right. Like, Buzz was already in Vietnam at this point. I had to be true to my continuity of my, like, fake book. It's important he's a matter. And I did go and look at, like, what happened in this month's issue of The Hulk, just to make sure that, like, Betty wasn't... Because I knew that Betty got married to, like, Glenn Talbot at one point, but I was like, I just want to make sure she's not married now, because that, like, changes the story. Oh, yeah, no, I think she got married like, in, like, like, the late 70s, I think, the early. I don't think, I don't think anybody was yeah, married Yeah, it, it, it was later than this, because I, I, out of curiosity, I went down the rabbit hole and I read a few Hulk books that night, and, like, like yeah, like... <laughs> She had, like, the rhino, like, show up in, like, both issues that she got married in. Because, like, she she almost <laughs> marries she almost marries Bruce Banner in, like, the Bronze Age. But then he, like, turns into the Hulk at the wedding. And, like... Uh, Are you serious? Her... Oh, yeah. Like, the leader and the rhino, like, show up at the wedding. And, like, he's cured of being the Hulk. And he's like, now I can finally marry Betty. And General Ross is like, have you read this, John? I don't I know haven't. if you've got so, like, and General Ross is like, I finally accept you, son. Now that you're not the Hulk, you know, how about you and I start over and, like, let's be friends. And, like, Betty's like, this is the happiest I've ever been. And they're, like, in the middle of the ceremony and the priest says, I now pronounce you husband. And, and just like in Teen Titans, like, all of a sudden the leader shoots a fucking gamma ray at the Hulk. And, like, he turns, he hulks out at the wedding and, like, wrecks the house and fights the rhino and... Uh, so he and Betty don't get married like until like, the when, 80s. When, when a camera is shot at Nightwing and he turns into the Hulk. <laughs> or the priest. There was no rape. <laughs> yeah. That's a pretty good project you should do, John. You should read, you should read like, the New Teen Titans. He, the 80s one? I, I, I know he did with Keenum for a little while because Keenum wanted to know about Cyborg. Yeah, we got through the first about half dozen issues um, before he lost interest. But he was a lot younger then. He might like it more now. Yeah. Uh, we have um, oh, we've actually recently streamlined our reading stuff because we were trying to read too many things and weren't reading any one thing very much. How old is he now? He is nine next week. Holy no, this fuck. week. Nine on Friday. He's still like five years old in my mind because, like, I guess he's like stuck at the age that I heard him on. Well, he was he was a baby when we were doing classes, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. He was born in two thousand nine, so God. he was a baby. Oh my God. And Lily is 16. She uh, is a <laughs> sophomore in high school. Oh, she's, she's Peter Parker's age. Mm-hmm. Did she... I try to keep getting her bitten by spiders, but she doesn't like that too much. One of the one of the kids and I, we used to have, like, an inside joke based on something that Keenan said on Avengers Inspirations once. Like, we'd, like, because <laughs> uh, I guess, like, you and Lily were talking about an Avengers issue, and he just, like, randomly would go up to you guys in the middle of the recording, and, like, he was showing you guys, like something on his ipad and he said it's a lawn and then you said oh cool is, is there a zombie on your lawn because you're referencing the zombie game and uh-huh. then like he gets angry he's like no it's a nice lawn <laughs> like <laughs> so like 
<laughs> so, so, so this kid and I, you know, we would like drive, like we would drive by, and like if we see, if we'd see a lawn, we'd like point it out, and I and then we'd say, "It's a nice lawn." Like. <laughs> <laughs> that is great. That makes me happy. I'm telling that story tomorrow. <laughs> I don't remember what episode it was, like, but like I just remember like. <laughs> just like he's so proud of this lawn and when you suggest that there's a zombie on it he's like he's so indignant like how the fuck dare you dad like, <laughs> well there's the whole song that like comes on at the there's end of the game and we would sing on your lawn. exactly yeah yeah i know <laughs> so i thought maybe that was you know it's hard to know what's going on in your son's head yeah. Especially whenever he's having trouble speaking, which he had when he was young. Before we got him. Yeah. But, you... um, well, this was very fun. I very much thank you for inviting me on to do it, but I do need to sleep. <laughs> That's cool, too, because uh, my brother's had spring break, so I've been trying to hang out with him whenever I could, so I can yeah. hop off. But, I mean, it's it's too early to think about 2019, but I do like the idea of, like, the three of us just, like, getting together on April Fool's to, like, bullshit one idea or another each year. <laughs> This, this is sounds- the second year in a row. <laughs> this is the second year in a row. That's cool. Um, yeah, yeah so, you know. I kind of like that tradition. If I, th- if I have any crazy ideas, I will send them your way. <laughs> yeah. Please do. Well, thanks. <laughs> All right. Well, y'all have a good night. Thanks oh, again. I, I should have given you a chance to plug your podcast, but oh, if, if you want to send a trailer, you know, like, because we have a few weeks to, to do it. Oh, yeah, because by April 1, the trailer will be out. So, because we're dropping the trailer on the 27th. So, yeah. Um, Okay, yeah, I'll listen to you. Okay, all right. Yeah, talk to you later. Adios. Bye. Bye. Bye.